The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Going into this game, Robbie, of course, Spurs mm. coming off the back of that defeat against Chelsea. Yeah. Everything before the Chelsea game, pretty much, was positive around Mourinho yeah. and Spurs. Do you think the fans are feeling more concerned now after that performance and result? The inner Grinch might be coming, Rebecca. Just that Jose Mourinho, you talked about it, the charisma, the charm, the fist pumping of ball boys was all there. But what Jose Mourinho likes when he goes in big goal games is to know his defence is sound. That's got to be his first thing. I go back to 0405 when he came in the league, that Chelsea team. Conceded 15 goals all season. That's the fewest ever in Premier League history. They've conceded Spurs 14 goals in eight games under Mourinho. That's not what he wants when he goes into these games. I remember back in the day in 0405, his Chelsea team almost used to give the opposition the ball and say, come on, break us down. That's when Jose Mourinho is at his best. Now, it was interesting with Glenn Hoddle there. He said he needs more time on the training ground to bed those habits into these group of players. But I'll tell you, if that doesn't work, he'll get some new players because that's the way Jose wants to go. Defence first. That's the first thing he has to approach. Yeah, and, and this Spurs team had an incredible defensive manager that Pochettino instilled a, a work ethic a focus, a discipline that's different than what Mourinho will do. And that all fell apart. So this isn't Mourinho's fault that this team is struggling defensively. He hasn't been given windows. He will spend in them. Levy, get ready. You're going to get the checkbook out. But you have to be patient with Mourinho because he said it in his last answer. I haven't had time, and, and, and Robbie just said it, to work on it on the training field. And it might not come until May. It might not come until the does summer. It, does it can it take months for that change well, it's in an bad overhaul. to good? Yeah, because it's an overhaul. Listen, I think the most worrying thing is in you know th- three losses the last five games against Manchester United and Chelsea, energy levels have dropped. So forget tactics and back four and how you want to be compact. All the things that he wants to do, you know, I look at the energy levels that they showed, and that's got to be worrying for him. Chelsea scored on a short corner against Tottenham Hotspur. That That won't happen next season. That will hurt this guy. That doesn't happen for the Jose Mourinho teams. Kyle, a huge sigh of relief from all Tottenham fans after that first half. Of course, after the Chelsea game before Christmas as well. That second half, so needed for Jose Mourinho. So needed. And and it spins the day into a positive direction that... uh, does paper over some cracks, but with, with the fixture list right now coming thick and fast, after the disappointment on Chelsea, they needed a response. They got it in the second half. A couple tactical changes, but really just, again, energy levels high. Uh, consistency in trying to mitigate risk coming forward, clinical in the attacking third. But but don't forget, the best chance came at the beginning of the second half. Connolly buries that header. It's 2-0. It's maybe a different day. So Jose Mourinho, Deli Alli on the ground, seeming to be in a little bit of pain. He knows he's got issues, but they just have to accrue points through this difficult time frame. It's interesting, Becca. I, I want to go back to half time because you said like what's being said in the dressing room then. 
I sense that the, 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 the Spurs players were a bit vulnerable, were a bit down. And I don't think it would have been one of those where Jose went steaming into them and got them going. Sometimes the manager's got to read the temperature and be a bit more uplifting and give a bit of confidence and a bit of belief. We saw one or two players leggy at the end. It wasn't a great day for Spurs, but they got the three points. Christian Eriksen coming yeah. on the pitch was a, was a game changer, but there's, a I difference mean, maker. There's a problem in that. You know, again... He could be signing a pre-deal here pretty soon. That's where things look like it's headed. It's just, yeah, maybe they rely on Christian, much like Ramsey for Arsenal, they rely on him, but that's a short-term fix. He's got to start to figure out some things because if you you rely on him for the rest of the season, that's a huge piece to have to replace in the summer. Indeed, Ericsson could sign a pre-contract agreement Mm. in January with a club outside of the Premier League. That front three, Robbie Mm. It's certainly the future. Yeah. Is it the immediate future, as in for the rest of this season? Have they clicked... Has he found a remedy? It could be and should be. Uh, Anthony Martial's two goals are really important. Only one in his last seven in the Premier League. Mason Greenwood is a star that we all can sort of hang on to. Is definitely going to be the future. And Marcus Rashford scored 11 Premier League goals. That's the most he's ever got in, in a season. We're only halfway through it. So the future's great, Rebecca. And, you know, if you're a Manchester United player today, all the kind of not eating too much turkey yesterday, not having a glass of sherry, getting to bed early, it all... Feels so much better when you get a performance like that on Boxing Day. What's the thing that sticks out the most for you from that Manchester United result and performance today, Carl? That they did a lot of it without Paul Pogba. And it's just the last piece. And I know, you know, agents and friends and brothers and people tweeting stuff out, showing up at weddings, all this stuff follows around Paul Pogba. And some of it he brings on himself. But he's a phenomenal player. And I saw Robbie when he came on, Mm. him wanting to demonstrate that I want to be a part of this thing that's happening right now. And if they can get him on board, that top three is really exciting. That's the bonus today. 45 minutes of Paul Pogba. We saw little moments of Becca, little step-overs, little passes, little interplay. He can be a difference maker. We saw Christian Eriksen come on for Spurs today and the team looks different and better. Paul Pogba's as good, as important for Manchester United. Another impressive day for Liverpool, gentlemen. Kyle, I'll start with you. What's the most impressive thing about this team right now? Uh, I, I just think their ability to maintain a high level, especially after a week where everyone expected a bit of a dip and might have even forgiven them for a bit of a dip after the travels they've had playing in multiple tournaments, going and winning FIFA Club or, or the uh, Club World Cup. And, you know, it's demanding to play this this often. I mean, to, uh, just at a, at a minimum, to be able to perform and get out there, but to do so with what's at stake, to do so where they've been able to now an injury to one of their key players in Fabinho, an injury to Allison earlier on in the season. Um, you know, Mo Salah and, 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 and Mane getting a fight after one game. I mean, there, there are these little things that said this should trip them up. I mean, this should be the moment these guys slip up a little bit. And then against the second place team, they show that they are more focused than ever on a day that you could have said the performance might drop a little bit. I mean, it's just remarkable. They just keep steamrolling forward. Robbie, you touched on something mm. earlier on about Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp, that yeah. he doesn't, he's not resting a huge amount of no. players. And they've no. had the most amount of games no. than anybody. He seems to take it 90 minutes mm. at a time. Yeah. And like you say, put the importance on that game, forget right. about everything else. That could be key. What he's done with Baca at this football club, he's changed the culture. This football club used to be what I call a cup team. On any given day, they can win games. They've won domestic cups, they've won European cups, but they lack the consistency that was needed in the league. He's changed that. 
every week, whatever the opposition, if it's Leicester, we'll beat you 4-0. If it's somebody else, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe have to scrape a 1-0. Whatever the challenge is, his team, his team have come up. They've now got 52 points from 18 games. I mean, that's better than Manchester City, who got their 100 points, the most ever in the Premier League. They're playing at such a level. It's ridiculous. Sell me that the title race is still on. Sell it to me. We need about a four-minute uh, pitch to even convince you that we have okay. any idea what we're talking about. We've These gone guys from, can't get... They're not stopped right we've now. We've gone they from can't be stopped. inconsistency to inevitable. It's inevitable that come the end of the season, Rebecca, Liverpool are going to win. And will it be invincible? I mean, that's kind of where we're headed. I mean, you know, can they lose a game is kind of where we're at right we now. We promised ourselves we wouldn't mention the word invincible until after I the new did. year. You just did. Thanks, Carl. Liverpool were unbeaten in 34, make that 35. It is the long, third longest streak in the history of the Premier League. They have some way to go to catch Arsenal with 20 games still to go this season. Could they possibly do it? Could they possibly do an Arsenal and go the full season unbeaten? Let's hear from their manager, Jurgen Klopp. But first, on the pitch at the KP, just as the game finished, James Milner and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Two assists, but, but I assume we know what the highlight was tonight for you, the goal. Yeah, obviously I don't get on the score sheet too often. So, um, yeah, good counter attack. We've obviously I've seen the space. Sadio also played a lovely ball, and I thought hit it uh, first time. Yeah, so um, yeah, good to obviously get the goal. But the, the three points is what we came here for, and we're, we're made up to to, um, to have them. And what sort of statement is this now? Thirteen points ahead at the top. Uh, clearly, much further I would think than you imagine you would be at this period. Yeah, obviously you don't really think you're going to be thirteen points ahead, but. Um, we're happy to be in this position. Obviously, we're not going to take it for granted, and we know that um, the season's not over. We're still not even halfway through the season, so it's to keep going. Obviously, try and try and push that advantage to, to the most that we can, because you see in the Premier League with results every week that anything can, anything can happen. But we've also seen James tonight. The reception you've got from your fans it is this. Do you sense maybe a defining night for the title? Yeah, it's one of many successful nights we've had so far this season, but that's that's the key. Like Trent said, we're not even halfway. So much can change, so much can happen. Um, the strength of this team is that we take it one game at a time and keep pushing them. We know what the Premier League's like, like Trent says. We know what's coming. A few injuries here and there already. It's a tough period. We've just got to keep going, keep recovering and, and stay focused on the next game, and that's a big strength of this squad. And what did you make of his performance? Because I'll give you that to present the man of the match award to Trent yeah, tonight I as mean, well. He's getting better all the time. He's still a young lad, but, you know, he's, he's unbelievable, and there's plenty more to come, I'm sure. That will be on him to keep improving. Well done, mate. Trent, James, thank you very much. Well, Jürgen, uh, that was pretty impressive, wasn't it? I mean, what a single-minded... Uh, Focus bunch of players you've got. Yeah, <laughs> true. I'm happy about that. So, um, and I'm very, um, I appreciate that a lot because it's, uh, I don't take it for granted what the boys do um, pretty much every three days. So, starting the game was already really good. We had biggest chances. Wow. Um, didn't um, score with them, but. Um, yeah, stay in the game, controlled. It was difficult, I think, for, for Leicester today to get really in the game. Um, it was difficult. You could see in the first half for both teams, both teams felt the intensity of the season. So um, where we are in the moment and stuff like this. So, But we controlled it then more. And um, maybe um, Leicester was not as aggressive as they maybe usually are. Maybe it was because of us, because we were so good in our positioning. But um, for sure, different reasons. And um, score... One goal, brilliant, super, super cross, two guys in the same space, 
pretty much free. Um, Bobby can score with that situation. Yeah, second half we wanted to do. We struggled a little bit with their build-up. Uh, we were a bit too. We didn't were not patient enough in 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 in, in, uh, in the running and in um, movements. And uh, we want to change that. So that's. Um, it was better. We won immediately a couple of balls at the beginning of second half, and then we scored the goals. And then it was, uh, yeah, the boys were flying. Then in a few moments, that looked really nice. It was it was one nil for quite a while, wasn't it? Was that the only slight concern for you that your team had been so dominant and had not taken a couple of chances, and that Leicester might come back at you? Yeah, of course. That, that's clear. I mean, you know, one nil is not even a result. It's just a, I don't know, this kind of moment. And in each situation, they were up front, but um, it can always be difficult. They had then a few more set pieces, stuff like this, um, when we defended it, had to defend it in the last line more often than midfield already. Um, yeah, but but that's okay. We cannot. Uh, you can, I don't expect that a game like this is a completely free run because they ha- they have so much quality and who knows? Uh, everybody knows how what a season Leicester is playing so far, how many problems they could cause us. But today we were really concentrated, um, did a lot of things really good, and especially then you score the goals, which is um, absolutely nice and um, yeah, very important day for us. Back upstairs at the KP to Arla White and Graham Lasso. 4-0 against the team just below mm. you. This season is starting to remind us here in the studio of Manchester City a couple of years ago. Not sure if you heard me at the end of the show, at the end of the game there, chaps, that they're on pace, Liverpool, for 109 mm. points this season. Quite some special team we're seeing. Yeah, it's absolutely remarkable. And, and Graham, you said at the start of the game, and it's interesting to hear Jurgen Klopp point to the start of the game. Mm. You said you were watching them in warm-ups and they looked to be absolutely on it, didn't they? And they, and they were, considering the, the workload they've had recently and the travelling that they've done. But I want to talk to you about Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, from one England fullback to another. How impressed are you with this young man? Well, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, such maturity in his performance, such quality in his technique, his... Uh, the way he delivers passes, it's, it's sort of so graceful. Um, and the player receiving the ball, it's his duty to do something with it because the quality coming into that player is so good. Firmino's goal, you saw it, the ball in, the cutback was so perfect. It didn't bounce into him at all. That enabled him to get his touch. And that then gave him the opportunity to look up and pass it into the net. If that ball in isn't as good as it is... He's got no chance of controlling it as well as he did, and therefore there's every chance he doesn't get the finish. But I think, for me, just him as a player sums up this whole Liverpool team, really. Mm. Hard-working, hungry, happy, and humble. Mm. And the whole team feels like that. They're just going to keep going. They've got a lovely blend of personality in that team, and... Yeah, I, I can just see them going from strength to strength as the season continues. Yeah, well, a rude awakening, I think, uh, Rebecca, for Leicester City, albeit having conceded seven goals in two games to the cream of the Premier League in Manchester City and Liverpool. They are still ten points clear of fifth. It'll be interesting to see how they recover from this one, though. Ollie, you wanted a reaction after Sunday. Uh, that performance unrecognisable from what you saw at Vicarage Row. What made the difference today, do you think? I think the intensity in our... Um out of possession game you know we pressed them really well we uh, never let our heads drop after getting 1-0 down and we made them make mistakes and we uh, of course we capitalised really well on them the finishing was clinical too yeah and that's uh, we created chances against Watford as well but we didn't take them now we we took took our chances so, so of course that's that's a big uh, thing you just need to get that ball in between those posts You've spoken to us before about the quality of Mason Greenwood. Underlines that potential again today with a, a wonderful finish, full of confidence. Yeah, he's a great striker of the ball. Uh, you know he's going to 
hit the target more more times than than, than not. And today with a little bit of deflection, uh, but the way he strikes the ball is uh, it, it is nice to see, and he's so unfazed by whatever happens. We've had a horrible twenty minutes before half time, where we've and just after half time as well, where we've made too many mistakes. And the one thing about individual error you can't account for. But when you come here, the one thing you can't do is gift Manchester United. And unfortunately, I know it's Christmas, but we've given away uh, more goals today in the last half an hour than we have done in three months. So it's a harsh lesson for us that uh, at this level you cannot make the mistakes that we've just made and and, uh, you get punished. The stars of the show today for Manchester mm. United were their front three. Yeah. Kyle earlier on talked about the midfield behind them as well. Yeah. Are you getting the sense that very slowly, because it is a little bit one step mm. forward, two steps back, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is formulating what he believes to be a strongest eleven? I think so. The front three, when they play like that, Rebecca, Mason Green was only a kid, so we have to worry about putting too much expectancy. But when they cut loose like they did today, they can win your games. What's needed behind is a little bit of structure in creativity. And we got 45 minutes with Paul Pogba today that I think was, was important because we saw little glimpses of him running a game. Now, the big challenge is going to be going through the January window, making sure he wants to be at the football club. But if you can keep Pogba and you've got that front three and, and a defence that they're starting to take some shape... It's not starting to look good. Well, it's interesting about Pogba. Last weekend, you and Robbie were talking about where does Pogba fit into this team, and you both said, well, the number 10 role. But today, with that front three, where would he fit in if he he played that front three plus Pogba? He he would be either Fred or Pereira today. I think McTominay's kind of earned a holding position. And and since Pogba's been there, we've been talking about freeing him up. There is no traditional 10 in this system. You guys just mean he should be a playmaking influence out of the midfield. Mm -hmm. And it's just... As talented as he is, and no one's more talented than Paul Pogba in this side, and, and I'll, I'll stand by that. But it just doesn't talent doesn't get you on the field, and he's got to prove he's got the heart as well because there are players less talented that deserve to start over him. Right, it was now. a good day today for Manchester United. They're away at Burnley on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now let's see what what comes yeah. after a good win. It's the teams lower down that yeah. they've been struggling with this season. Harry, you've got a phenomenal record of scoring on Boxing Day. How much do you enjoy playing the games over this Christmas time? Yeah, no, I enjoy it. Uh, obviously, they come thick and far, so. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe the Christmas spirit, Christmas dinner, maybe gives me a little boost. So I might have to have it more often. <laughs> Turkey, uh, Delhi. What about you? Your goal as well. Glenn Hoddle was on uh, co-commentary, and he, he said it was is world class. Can can Jose Mourinho make you world class? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I just got to focus on each game and where I am, uh, the period in my career, and you know, I'm still 23, and I've got to keep working hard. And like I said, I just want to give my best every game and keep improving and. Uh, yeah, I think we had a great five years under Poch and you know, he helped me develop into into the player I am now and I've just got to keep heading in the right direction and make sure you know, I don't start going backwards. So. Deli Ali, another goal from him under you. Stephanie, not his brother, is it? No, another goal and another incredible effort performance from first to last minute, the way you, you work, the, the, the work rate is absolutely incredible. So for me... These little big details sometimes are more important than what comes immediately in the direction of the eyes of the people. So amazing goal, but I go, I go to other small big details and uh, his attitude, his, his fighting spirit for the team was, was for me outstanding. 
Well, I know that both of you have concerns about the defensive situation <coughs> that Jose Mourinho inherited and hasn't yet had time to totally fix Kyle. But his input into Deli Ali's progress, as the interviewer there said, it's not his brother, because that's, of course, what Mourinho said yeah. to Deli Ali on day one of training. Who are you? Are you Deli Ali's brother? Where is the real Deli Ali? Well, that's been an immediate impact. How has he done that? Uh, I think by his gift for understanding how to motivate players. And I'll go back to, we, we, we were sending the video around and the, when he first got hired, we always get on our, our text chain and talk about it before we come on air. And there was an interesting video of him at training. And that's when he does his, his magic, right? We don't get to see a lot of that. Goes up to Sun, gives Sun a big hug. Goes up to Deli Alley, gives him a sort of rough pat in the chest. And knew from, from the beginning, and I don't know if he talks to people or mm. how, he, how he gets so quickly into what motivates players, but he knew, I had to challenge this guy. I, I, it's not kid gloves I got to do at Deli Alley. And he put him in a role further advanced where he's thriving. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's one part of the job that we don't often give him enough credit for. Tactically, he's brilliant, Rebecca, on his day. But I remember Scott Parker, when he was at Chelsea, playing under Mourinho, and Scott was hardly in the team. Yet he said, when Jose Mourinho sat next to you, whether it was in the dressing room or in the canteen, you felt special. He talked to you in a special way and he said, I'd run through a brick wall for him. He said, I only played five, six games a season. So I think he brings that to a dressing room. And someone like Deli Ali, who was just sort of wondering a little bit and not got his focus, all of a sudden looks banging form. Well, Frank, just in your opinion, what do you think went wrong today? Same story as recent games. Um, teams are making it difficult for us here. There's not so much space behind them. And we're not, even though we're controlling big parts of games, we're not... Um, Probably making quite enough chances. We were earlier in the season uh, and missing some of them. Now we're not creating as good clear-cut chances as we should. So we're being asked a different question at home and at the minute we're not answering it. So do you see a pattern between this game, Bournemouth and West Ham as well? Yeah, yeah, slightly and I understand it. If teams were to watch those games, they would see that if they can frustrate us, not let us have space behind or between the lines, um, then they stay in the game because we don't manage to, you know, with the times we arrive in crossing positions and areas around the box, we're not picking out the right final pass we're not doing enough in that area of the pitch and the longer you allow teams to stay in the game with the quality of Southampton and any team in the Premier League the more difficult it is I think today we saw every, I don't want to pick one player out because I, I think we had every player on the pitch today um, doing a massive performance and and yeah it was uh, maybe the best the best game since or in this season or maybe since I'm here because it was it was a clean sheet here Chelsea and winning and, and having a few chances more so it was good Best results, he says, for Alfa Snedl since he became manager of Southampton. Carl, Southampton are the perfect example, are they not, of how the Christmas period can be a great period in big terms of just getting victory after victory shoots them up the league. I, I think they're absolutely. I think they're also a really good example of sticking with your manager. You know, we have. I feel like we have this debate every year of do you do it early so you have enough time for the new person to accrue points, or, or do you just hold on because there's a corner that can be turned and. I was trying to think back of examples, and Nigel Pearson comes to mind where they actually even sacked him and then said, no, 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 let's keep this guy. He can, he can help us stay up. And I just think Ralph's getting good performances into results, and it's good that they waited. Chelsea, Lampard, mm. does he buy next week? Transfer windows open, they can buy. Yeah, I think he will, Rebecca. Today, though, I think was a real day of learning for Frank Lampard. If he's keeping a journal back home, I think he writes a few things down. One about maybe go back to the last game against Spurs. Was there a touch of over-celebration? Did, did the team take too much from that game when three big important points against Southampton didn't turn up yet again? Learning for Frank, learning for his team, he'll move forward and in time look back at this, I think, and learn some lessons. When we spoke to Mikel before the game, he said he told you what his aims, what he wants from his team. Do you feel like you fulfilled those aims with that performance today? Yeah, I think so. I think, as I said, uh, everybody was working hard 
was uh, aggressive uh, and trying to, to to play as 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 he like and as we like. So yeah, I think uh, we are on the good way, and uh, yeah, hopefully um, we will try to 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 improve. And uh, yeah, we know next games are are quite hard, but uh, we are confident. I spoke to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who thought that the team had fulfilled the sort of the aims, the ambitions that you've tried to instill mm. in this team. Do you agree? Absolutely. In terms of attitude, desire, aggression and commitment, it was better than I expected to be fair. And they kept fine and they're not used to play at this rhythm. But a lot of things that I saw in terms of attitude were terrific. Have you seen two games now since you were appointed? What have you learned about your team in those two games? I'm still to learn a lot about the players, how we can help them more, what are the priorities for them to be more secure when they jump into the pitch. But uh, it just started, it's just three days there and we put, we tried to put some things in place and, uh, and I think the majority of them were, were good today. And realistically looking forward, what are your aims, what are your ambitions for this season with Arsenal? How far do you think you can take them? What would be a success? My only one now is review the game and uh, find solutions to do it better, to attack better, to concede less on counter-attack, to defend better and to more prepare a good training session for them to, to improve them. That's all. I don't look at the game against Chelsea or United. is now. At the moment, the urgency is now and we need an impact now. He doesn't want to be drawn on their ambitions. He's learned that managerial art of answering <laughs> yeah. a question or not really quite well already, Mikel Arteta. You watched the game, Robbie, yeah. today. Um, what did you see that was different about Arsenal under Arteta? Anything? There was a little bit more structure, Rebecca. Jacko and Torreira were the two holding midfield players, pretty much sat in front of that back four and trying to protect. So I thought that was good. I think the problem we've got with, the, with this situation is we all want an instant change. And years of neglect have happened at this football club. Leadership, recruitment system and style of play, all those things he's got to do. But he's got one game under his belt and it's almost like one step, I think, and a long journey to get this club back competitive. We're halfway through the season. What can his ambition be? What's, what is realistic for him, do you think, even though he won't tell us? I mean, it should be top four. Um, is that realistic no. for 11th well, right it now? Should be as, I mean, it should be the goal. It's, From it's, now, it's, 11th to top four, you yeah. think that's I, realistic? Top six backs for me. I mean, listen, it, it, all of this is irrelevant in that the reason he's, he's avoiding the problem is it doesn't matter what their aim is. He's got to figure out what the problem is. So... He did a really interesting interview where he talked about, I, I don't care about all of these other things. I want to figure out what's going wrong at the root of who are these people? Why don't they care? Why are they nervous? Why can't they play for Arsenal Football Club? And, and you said, you know, it goes all the way back to Arsene Wenger when he was there. He, he used to be critical of Arsene Wenger not speaking at halftime and he'd speak up and talk. He's got to do a deep dive into figuring out what other managers won't be able to figure out just by buying players and thinking about tactics. What, what's happened? What's broken at Arsenal Football Club right now? good atmosphere today when you came out do you think the players were able to feed on that today i think so i think so it was for me of course was uh, really really special that moment after that i have seen good performance of the team good result so today was a perfect day but um, yeah i'm happy because we needed this team needs points this moment we have to move up uh, the table and so it was really important, difficult game because Barley played uh, <clears throat> a really strong game every time so it was not easy but at the end I think the performance, with the performance that we did uh, we deserved the result. What are you most optimistic about having been 
amongst the players for the first week. What pleases you most about what you've inherited? The spirit, the spirit of the team, the sense of belonging of some players, the, the fact that Everton is a family, we have a fantastic facility, a training ground is perfect and so and uh, on this, the, the, the spirit of the career, I, I, I really enjoyed. So two of the most exciting teams in the Premier League, even more so if you can figure out a way to sneak a motorcycle mm-hmm. onto the pitch. That would really ramp Not it up. Not yet legal. Um, but it, is it fair to say that with Nuno mm-hmm. and Pep, we have two of the best tacticians in the world featuring off in this game? Well, what we'll get is an open game of football. No park buses, no park motorcycles. It'll be about an open game of football. And what I like about these two coaches have, they've got a unique imprint in their football club. And from a player's point of view, you know the system. You know how you're going to play. You know what the manager wants from you. And, and that's not only good when you're winning. I always used to find myself, I like that kind of thing, when things weren't going well. And it gives you a framework to go back to so you know what's, what's going to happen. When you think of Pep Guardiola, you think of 4-3-3, control of possession, getting down the side, creating chances. They've done that already this season, 50 goals they've scored. You think of Nuno, you think of a 3-4-3, three centre-backs, quality in midfield and quick transitions with, with, with the likes of and Jimenez. So I like that there's an imprint bedded in the football clubs and everybody knows what you're doing. Well, to take that further, I like their their tactical flexibility as well. I mean, some people kind of, you know, conflate the two things. A formation is not a style. You Mm -hmm. you can play the same style and and, and ship things around. And I'm really impressed with Nuno Espirito Santo because remember we were there uh, not the be- beginning of this ago, season, yeah, yeah. beginning of last season, where he was just coming into his role, a lot of expectations, mm-hmm. a lot of money spent on his team, which he said, listen, that doesn't mean we're going to be good. But he said, we're going to play the same way, same yeah. formation, we're 3-4-3. Three, three. And, and then the Premier League changed him. He went mm-hmm. to a strike partnership at times. He, he can be more of a pragmatist than Pep can be. But I, I just love they're both willing to say, what do we need today? Mm-hmm. And also in-game, what do we have to change to be successful? And I think what's, what's really interesting as well, when, when you think of two new managers who've come to the Premier League over the recent week. Carlo Ancelotti at Everton, mm. Mikel Arteta at Arsenal Football Club. Both of those clubs are big clubs, but they've got no identity. There's no imprint there. You don't know the system. You don't know the style. You don't know what they're going to play. Week in, week out, under Unai Emery and Marco Silva, we were like scratching our heads. How, who are this team? How are they going to play? What Pep and Nuno have done is given a definite identity to the football club that makes them better. Well, this is a big game, too, because, you know, Wolves had a tough start to the season, but, but they're, they can better last year. I mean, they're, 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 their goal beginning the season is still there, still attainable. It's winning today gets them closer to it. Manchester City lose today. He kind of laughed off the can you catch Liverpool. They lose today, they can't. And, and, and so one goal, which is the goal of the season, has gone. They didn't hire Pep to, to try to battle for top four. So today's a massive game for them just to keep that distant hope alive. Near the top of the table for Manchester City, but not at the top of the table. That is something unfamiliar to them. The chance to third straight title maybe slipping away for Manchester City. That is because the Premier League leaders just keep on rolling. Raul, where do you start in summing up that match? What was it like from your point of view? Well, we are surprised, <laughs> but we knew that since the beginning uh, we had the, the ball. We proposed the red card for them, uh, was another thing good for us. Then the penalty, so there are things that happen in football, but we, we, came, we come from that and well, we are very happy to win this game. You came from two goals behind. I mean, what sort of character do you think that shows from this Wolves side? Uh, it's never easy to come back from two goals. And even in, uh, with Manchester City, it's 
difficult, but our heart, our feelings, our football, we knew that this was a very good opportunity for us for winning this game and well, we are very excited and we have to enjoy this. You are only the second team ever to do the double over a Pep Guardiola side. I mean, just sum up the sort of season that you're having at the moment. Well, we are making good. Uh, at the beginning I said that we had to do a perfect match, or almost perfect match. I think we did uh, against all, against a very good team that is Manchester City. Uh, it's difficult to win or even draw a game against them and we won the both games. So we are very, very excited and very happy for this. I think the big question now is, can you do this again at Anfield against Liverpool in just 45 hours? Well, why not? We have to dream big. We know that it's difficult too. They are unbeaten this decision. But I don't think we can we can be the first team uh, win the, the, a game and the, uh, in there. Well, you've had some great nights here. How does this one uh, rank? It's a good night. It's a very good night to, to win and to perform like this. Uh, all, the, all the circumstances of the game was a fantastic game of football. Of course, everything changes with with City with one or man less. But uh, very good. I think it was was nice. Well, when you went two 0 down, what what was the message to the team at that point? Let's just keep on doing the same things, finding solutions. Um, of course, they, they were blocking our game from the right side. The lines were not there. And change, we keep on doing. But uh, more important is that we have to stay in the game. I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do that. We, we can see the second goal that make the task very hard, very hard for us. It's a very good team, but uh, if there's a but, that's the moment. But fantastic reaction, play good, nice goals. Very good, good, very good. Adama Traore, we spoke about him before the game, but it, it was a moment of inspiration again from him on the run to score again, uh, which lifted the team and, and yeah. clearly then battling to, to get you the equaliser. Yeah, but that was what I mentioned to you. The lines were not there. Adama was wide and the ball was not, not arriving to him in the best positions. So he had to come inside and he's strong inside it. He has to learn how to, how to take advantage of his, of his talent when he's playing inside it. Everything is, is very tight. Um, but he did well and fantastic goal, fantastic combination and a good reaction to the loss of the ball. You want to ask me something? Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. W would you have been disappointed, though, if you hadn't beaten, I know it's Manchester City, 10 men? No, I will never be disappointed with this kind of performance. Uh, we lost games here, we lost games here. Uh, and I was not disappointed. I'm, I'm never disappointed with, with, with the game. I'm always, always positive. Always positive because the game has so many... Uh, details that you have, you cannot be disappointed. It, it was a volatile atmosphere at times. There were missiles thrown, I think, just after Manchester City scored their penalty. D did you feel the referee tonight was helped by VAR or undermined by it at times? No VAR. I was thinking, I was thinking, maybe I don't speak about VAR. Maybe it's the, the best message because I cannot speak to them directly. I spoke to the referee, I said, I cannot tell anything about what you did. If I had to ask something, I was, I was ask VAR. But now is the time to, to, get, to get things right, things right. Um, because there are decisions that confuses everything. Were the decisions right tonight? I didn't see the images yet, only on the screen. Um, but Leander is running. Of course he touches on the foot of, 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 of Marius. Is it enough? It's always, always this... Is it a clear and obvious mistake? Course. Okay, so the, the, the argument will continue, but I will not be a part of it. How would I want? No. But one thing, though, a suggestion maybe, would it help the referee if he went to a monitor no, no, in no, the no. stadium and reviewed the decision? Would that calm things down? No, 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 no. This way we will expose, 
someone that uh, is judging that, that someone took his decision the other way. So we must trust VAR because they have time, they see the image, let's put the technology is correct, everything, if it's correct and the decisions will be equal, everything will be okay. But it's not about the referee. If we take him to the screen and you see in slow motion, maybe the decision, the referee must decide. The, the game is fluid. The, he, can he can measure the speed of the ball, he can measure the intensity of the players, he can measure everything. For example, Diogo, it's obvious that Diogo will not reach that ball. But the touch is there. So, if you go to a slow motion, the touch is there on Diogo. But the, the slow motion can, and VAR cannot judge if Diogo will reach to that ball on his back. You know what I'm saying? So let's trust more the referee. And maybe it's feedback online on the same time. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't so, know. So less VAR. Less analysis. He's there. He's there. You must, you must trust him. But yeah, maybe trust more on the big deal. The on-field decision. Of course, because he can feel, he can see, he can measure everything. What I mentioned to you, obviously, the fluid, the speed, the intensity of the players, even the reactions of the players. There are so many things that you that you can help the decision of the referee. Ah. No, no, well done tonight, though, to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Congratulations. Thank you. Nuno was not the biggest fan of, of VAR, but he is a big fan of this result and what Wolves did. Ahmed Farid, Robbie Earl, Kyle Martino. Raul Jimenez this past weekend said that he was open about it. said, our goal is top four. We want to be one of those top four teams in the Premier League. Robbie, what they showed you today, Wolves, are they one of the top four teams in the Premier League? They have the mentality of a top six team, and their record against the top six teams now is outstanding. 24 points since they came up from the championship. And remember, Nuno Espirito Santo sat with us 18 months ago when we were in the UK and said our goal is European football and we're not just talking Europa, we want to get Champions League, be in the top four and sort of me and Musto sort of went, yeah, yeah. that's nice me know, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> Let me tell you how this team play, 2-0 down against back-to-back -back champions, play, I know they're down to 10 men but they've got so much quality on the pitch but this team never stop, never stop giving and the fan, with that fan group behind them, I mean Mm. The, the games don't get much better than this. This is why we have festive games over the Christmas period. Well, I, and they're the comeback kids. I mean, there is no, there's no team that you're confident you've put away. I mean, they've recovered more points from losing positions than anyone, and it's, just, it's a belief, and I do think they're a top-four team. I mean, you wouldn't say that on paper. I, I do think there are other clubs that are better, but they're in transition. This is a project that's been going on for some time, and I, I think Chelsea's a really exciting project that Frank Lampard is still struggling with highs and lows. Spurs are an, a, a, a project right now, and Jose Mourinho's got problems there that he's got to end up solving. But I, I do look at Wolves as a project that's getting better and better, kind of like Liverpool are the best version of themselves in a long project. So, yeah, I think they're a top-four team, and they proved it today by coming back in the game. Big win for Wolves today. Mm -hmm. Massive win for Liverpool Football Club, by the way. In, in the bigger context of what we're talking about, Liverpool are now 14 points ahead of Manchester City with a, a game in hand. You said before, can City close a gap. Can City do what they did last year? That tells you. That exactly, that, that last 90 minutes, I know they're down to 10 minutes, but at 2-0 they're in control of, of the football match and defensive situations have caused them problems where they're not as safe as they were. They're not going to go on a 14-game winning run as they did last year, and that's why within time Liverpool are going to... They, they win every game that they have left, they get 95 points. I mean, that's not good enough. Even if they do go on this incredible run, it's not good enough. And, and I just think today was their own demise. 
it, it, it's not the truth, but it feels like it. This is the lowest point since, since Pep Guardiola's been there. And points-wise, they're one point less than they were in his first season. They, they had one point better at this point, and, and they were nowhere near the title. Pep was talking about, you know, we don't want to learn how to you know, we're not coaching tackles. There was, he was getting mad at in, in interviews. And next year, he built a side that didn't make the mistakes that they made today. And, and look at Liverpool have their third string, if you like. Really, Joe Gomez has been waiting behind Matip and Lovren. Gomez played the other day and, and was a Rolls-Royce. And it's, you know, now you have a, a Manchester City group that can't put a defender out there to keep them from conceding. Pepe, difficult night for you. Red card after 12 minutes? Yeah. I had this side uh, and that level in this period, so 80 minutes, 10 against 11, so, so demanding, so tough. Uh, we were in advantage, but we could not uh, defend the result for uh, two actions, but uh, incredible credit for our players for the way they fought. Yes, for a long time in the game, you wouldn't have thought it was 10 against 11, but you had to sacrifice the flair players, Aguero and, and Mares and, and De Bruyne, and was it just too long to try and hold out? Yes, but uh, in that situation, the team like makes switch of places, the, the attack and our energy, and we defend to defend a little bit deeper and try to use the counter-attack, and after that, I saw some players tired, and that's why we, we decided to change. Any complaints about the Raul Jimenez goal where Adama Traore shoulders into Mendy? Was, was that fair in your opinion? I didn't see, but I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, and for the Raul Jimenez goal when Mendy is by the byline and Traore pushes him, you're happy with that? Well, in Premier League, physicality is like this, so sometimes it's false, sometimes not. Okay, 14 points behind Liverpool. It's been a damaging week. Or do you still believe it's possible to catch them? We'll have to think next game for a long time, so we we'll have to win our game. So it's, it's unrealistic to think about that. Mm. And, of course, a very short time until that next game. Yes, yes, yes. Less than 48 hours, we'll have another game, yeah, I know. Seems like Pep Guardiola oftentimes has the right thing to say and knows what he is at a loss, Kyle, for, for words after some of these performances. This one, they thought they were up and going to win. You, you know what? I, I actually think that's more damning. A reaction from Pep like that is more damning than him getting really upset. Um, you know, it's when he gets really upset. And in the first season, we saw it a lot because he, he knew it needed to be better and he knew it should be better. It, it was almost an acceptance of it a little bit. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. You know, he, he's, he's tired and it's realistic that they just they're out of the title race right now. I mean, I, I think today the title's gone for them. And that's a tough reality to let sink in. And he's, he's typically so good at keeping standards high and every little detail. And so many details broke down today. I mean, from the, from the minute the first play where they're down a man, it's got to be tough when you were the player he was with the teams he's had to feel hopeless I mean, and helpless. Like, I, I've given them the game plan. I've done these things. And I feel like that's the life of a manager anyway. Yeah. But today, he's just got to be so discouraged with how they've fallen out of this title race. They had a spell at 2-0 where they were controlling the game with 10 men. Bernardo Silva was getting on the ball. Kevin De Bruyne was making things difficult. And, and as the game was going, you're starting to think that this is going to be really tough on Wolves. And then those defensive issues came back again. And, and for me, no more so than the second goal. I'm talking about Benjamin Mendy. And we'll get a chance to look at this. Mendy has two or three opportunities to deal with this ball. And what I'm saying in this regard, Ahmed, is... In teams I played for, that's going up the other end of the pitch. I don't care that we haven't got a centre-forward. We have a man short. That goes the furthest it can go away from my goal and will defend the next situation. Now, I think in, in Pep Guardiola's teams, 
He doesn't necessarily want that. Now, I think players are a bit more conditioned to trying to play. So as that ball came for Mandy to, 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 to knock it long, he's thinking, well, I want to maybe play. I'm, I may be looking for a pass. I'm looking for a teammate. And he ended up making no decision. Traore's too strong, wins the ball. Wolves get 2-2, and from there, the game's gone. And that's almost a consequence of this pure football that Pep Guardiola wants when sometimes the Premier League's about get it away from goal and defend as much as you can. It's not always going to be the, the beautiful game. Well, and, and sometimes that, that, that's the criticism, especially in cup competitions that falls on Pep, is this dying in beauty thing. Of it, it, It's so poetic, but it's tragic because they, they fall on their own sword in their, in their obdurance of, we have to play this way. But I, I remember last year, they were booting it a couple of times. Remember they had that whole thing where Stones made some, some, yeah. some mistakes and, and they said, sometimes we got to, and even Pep admitted, we got to go long. There wasn't any pragmatism about the way they saw this game out. And the other thing we have to remember, and it has an impact. I mean, Arteta's gone now. So uh, he let Arteta run some games recently. Arteta was a big presence in there. So to try to rebuild things with so many injuries, the assistant coach gone, it's going to be tough for them to get things going again. But there's other competitions. I mean, they can't phone it in. They've got a lot of season left to play. Just shows you how difficult it is to keep that edge, to keep the hunger that you said there, and especially when you're withstanding some of the injuries that Man City has had uh, this year. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now.